crowds were absolutely amazing. The fans were, were brilliant. The messaging that we were getting, the, the support we had from, from the Wales fans was outstanding. And, and that for me made it, it made it really special. They've been great the whole tournament. I think they've been fantastic, the amount of support we've had. And in the streets as well. Yeah, the fans have been great, yeah. Really appreciate it. The support we've had has been overwhelming, if I'm honest. They spend their own money to come out here, and I know it's not cheap to get out here as a supporter as well, so thank you ever so much. I hope we've done you proud over the past six weeks, and we'll try and continue to do that moving forward. The fans have been unbelievable. The singing, the camaraderie, the experiences they've lived. Hopefully put a bit of a smile back on Welsh rugby after the tough Six Nations which we all experienced. lost in the quarter-final, tears running down your face, that's a feeling you never want to feel again. And now build a lot of character in this group and you know, we'll kick on from you. Wales may be out, most of the fans have come home to Wales, but there's still plenty to talk about on the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. One world tournament ends for Wales, another begins. We'll look forward to the WXV for Wales women in New Zealand. We'll start with a review of events in France and a look forward to the Barbarians game at the Principality Stadium with WIU Executive Director of Rugby Nigel Walker and Head Coach Warren Gatland. Really proud of uh, where we've come from and what we've done and what we've achieved as a group. Still very disappointed about the Argentinian result. There was a game, particularly in the first half, 10-0 up, we probably should have put them away. We've missed a three points for it. Uh, you'd normally expect that to sort of go, so that would potentially take us up to 13 points. But you know, I don't want to take anything away from Argentina. I mean, they're a tough team to put away, and if probably the game management was a little bit better than us. We've um, times I think played tried to play a little bit too much rugby. If you look at the kicking stats, they've outkicked us. They've kicked almost double the length of kicks that we had in terms of you know just playing a territory game. But in saying that, uh, yeah, we created opportunities, we missed a few lineouts, and there was a few other chances that we could have scored, probably a few too many turnovers for us in the game. Probably in reflection, that's that's where we are at the moment. You know, we've I think we've seen a lot of progress, we've seen where we can potentially get to, but we're not there and we've got a group of players and a group of young players to hopefully to continue to work with, to give them more experience, more international experience, and, and they'll get better from that. How long does that pain sort of last? For me? Yeah. I tend to be all right after a game, or well, the next day, it's probably two or three days later that uh, you know, I start to feel either the, the elation or the, or the disappointment. So, yeah, it's one that slipped up from us. And, and when you look, Ironically, it could have been the same four teams from the last World Cup. It could have been in the semi-finals, so we did have a chance, but we kind of we weren't we weren't there because um, you tend to take you know, so much more learnings from games of disappointment to, to get better as a squad. And you know, I think for us, the, the benchmark of how to control a game and manage a game was you know, definitely against Australia. I thought we were outstanding in that performance, and that's kind of what we want to. How do we get to? situation where we're consistent with those sorts of games against you know, quality sides. You are straight after the game, it's probably quite raw. What next for you? Is you want to take this team on for the next four years? Oh absolutely, yeah. 
you know, said I was asked about that. I didn't know it was in my contract. Uh, I'm excited about what we can start doing as a group. We've got an opportunity to bring some youngsters coming in going forward to build on the next cycle. We get into 27 with players that have got 50, 60, 70 caps behind them. I think there's an opportunity for us to build some closer relationships with the regions and some of the changes of coaches and personnel there. And I'm you know, excited about that. That hasn't always been the case in the past. That often those relationships have been quite fractured, not from a from a coaching perspective, but because you know, sometimes there was the, the things that were going on between the regions and the unions, and we got sort of dragged into those sorts of things. So I think that's that's encouraging, and it's really encouraging to for us to to hopefully get on the same page. We are dealing mainly with and working with the same players, so you know we've shown that we can improve. We've shown as a group of players that. You know, we've got an opportunity to play at a higher level and you know we want to work with them and encourage them to do that and, and to keep building to, to to build confidence from that going back to the regions because it's it's going to be incredibly important for us in terms of keeping players in Wales and players wanting to to be a part of something with their regions but also want to play international rugby and I've had a few conversations with players whose contracts are up and I'm saying to them that I think the best thing for them going forward is in the development of their game is to stay in Wales, that they can be looked after to get the best possible out of them in terms of playing international rugby. But in order to do that, we've got also got to make sure that we are progressing and performing at regional level too. Four-year cycle, you'd like to take Wales to the 2027 World Cup? That's a plan at the moment. I think that when you look at it, we've got such a small playing base and like I said, we've got to look at how do we bring these youngsters on? How do we continue to develop the Sam Costello and players like uh, Tame Plumtree, who wasn't in the squad, and Jack Morgan, who I thought was outstanding. He would have learned a lot from from his leadership role and stuff. And Aaron Wainwright's still a youngster at 25 as well. We've got some some exciting second rows coming through, and 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 some exciting backs as well. So when you look at the the potential of what we've got is a nucleus at the moment, but I think some young players coming through, players that have been in the twenties, and and hopefully some of those youngsters get opportunities and perform well for the region. So I think um, we can be really excited about what what we can achieve over the next you know, three or four years. Nigel, how um, encouraging is it to see someone like Warren said he wants to be here till 2027? You made your thoughts known before the World Cup about what you think as Warren as a coach. Well, to be successful in international sport, any sport, you have to have good coaches and you have to have good players, good sports people. Uh, to be a good coach, you need experience, miles on the clock, you need to understand your craft, you need to be able to get your message across to players, and players have to trust you. You heard what I said in August, nothing's changed, you wouldn't expect anything to have changed, and you've seen the growth in the squad in a relatively small period of time. I, like Warren, am really excited about what the next four years can bring but it's about making the most of the resource you've got. All those young players who are currently 18, 19, 20, 21, we were just talking about the squad, the number of 22, 23, 24 year olds who perform with distinction in, in France. We've got something to build on here. And, and we're not saying anything ridiculous about what we're gonna do over the next two, three or four years, but we know we can grow uh, the standard of the, the squad to an even greater level than we saw over the last uh, four or five weeks. I would encourage 
the players that have been in with us to go back with a strong voice about you know the things that they've learnt. I've always encouraged that in, in the past as a coach, when even when I was coaching and up in Wasps, you know, when English players have come back to us, you know, what things have you learned? What things can you bring in to our environment to to make us better as a as a group and 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 that can work both ways as well. So when things are working really well at a region and a player comes up with an idea and this is what we've been doing, we're more than comfortable to implement that into our pathway or into our programme. So those are the sorts of things that I think need to be we all have to be comfortable with those those sorts of uh, things that learning that it's not just about me or, or the head coaches of the regions is about a collective responsibility about how we can all get to get better how we can all have an input to make sure that those sorts of things happen and and when you consider and maybe that you know we weren't quite ready for a quarter final there's not a lot of players in the squad that have been a part of knockout football and the more regular opportunities you have been part of quarterfinals and semi-finals then you, you get more comfortable with that so that's we're starting from a, a relatively low base at the moment but I think that everyone's well aware we've got to have uh, a significant amount of improvement in the whole game here in Wales if we're going to be successful it's not always about winning everything it's about you know potentially overachieving we probably I said we're disappointed we didn't get to the semi-finals and that would have been a, you know, a great achievement for us. We've, we've been satisfactory, we've won our pool and that's been a big improvement but we're not satisfied with that and, and again I think the regions have to be ambitious about putting in the hard work and, and getting better and, and making playoff stages to continue to develop their players. Can you just give one word on Alan Jones' celebration game, what he's done over the years and when you first met him, what he's done in his career? Yeah, look, he was... Uh, he was here before me, so uh, obviously he's been an unbelievable servant for um, Welsh rugby and was achieved in the game. I, I think it's it's probably his, his biggest strength's been his mental application. He was a player who never knew when to go up, he never knew when to stop, and uh, when he was at his best, led by example, not just in the way that he played, but also in trainings and demanded stuff, and I think there was a lot large group of players who would have learned a huge amount from him and that's for us as a, as a group is developing those sort of the next Allen wins who can do the same sort of thing when youngsters come in the squad this is how you prepare this is how you train these are the expectations when you put the jersey on what it means you know I can remember I go around the change rooms before games and shake everyone's hands and wish them all the best and for every game and it must have been a hell of a lot of games he'd shake, shake his hand and he, he would always say to me thanks for the opportunity because he never took it for granted and I kind of went you know that's what it means to, for him to play for Wales. Warren you've got a, a few over 30 year olds not that many but how do you manage the process with the more experienced players over the next few years in terms of bringing in the youth balancing the experience you've got? Yeah it's probably it's looking at that age profile and you're looking at 2027, 20, who in your mind you think is definitely not going to get there. Are there one and two that that might be part of the transition, helping bring some of the youngsters through because they've got their experience over the next 12 months or so. So it's going to be a balancing act for us. I have spoken with you know, some of those older players within the group about what their plans are and you know where they see themselves over the next couple of years. Some of them continue to want to play 
regional rugby and, and still be available. So it's just kind of making sure that we have honest and open conversations about you know what's going to happen, and then you know that that potentially is going to happen over the next few months. Sitting down, I sp- uh, spoke to, to Lupe before he left France, and I just you know get that arm fixed, and when that's here, we'll sit down and talk about what you want to do over the next next few years in terms of your playing. Yeah, so just making sure that that we get it right. Um, we're aware that we need to give those youngsters opportunity. They they need time in the middle. They need to develop that experience, and I. I don't want to be leaving some of them with not playing a lot of international rugby over the next couple of years and then trying to get them up to speed in a short period. So, yeah, that's something that'll be hopefully positive discussions around how we do that. But like I said, every individual is going to be treated a little bit differently. And Nigel, we know about the sort of financial downsides of Welsh rugby, but in terms of that development of the younger players, are you getting a feeling there's maybe more cooperation going on? There is an opportunity in that? There is definitely more cooperation going on. We all know that we have to work more closely together. It's not uh, Team Wales or the regions. It's got to be Team Wales and the regions. Uh, From a Team Wales point of view, we know where the players come from. It's common sense. Uh, And we've got to do everything we can to support the regions in identifying those players, in developing those players, and getting them up to speed for international rugby as quickly as possible. To do that, we need to make sure that the academies are working as effectively and as efficiently as they can be. And there's a special section in the PRA on the academies. And we're going to be following that through, working with the regions really closely to make sure that our 18, 19, 20, 21-year-olds are fit for purpose as quickly as their talent allows. So I am optimistic. We saw over the weekend the standard of international rugby is incredibly high. Like Warren, I didn't enjoy one of the quarterfinals quite as much as I did the other three. But if we talk about the other three, there was some quality rugby played there. And that's what we've got to aspire to, be able to play that rugby international after international after international. And make those split-second decisions the right decisions so you come out on the right side of the, the ledger at the end of it. And a lot of that is about experience and about being in the heat of battle and making those right decisions at the right time. But in order to do that... We have to prepare our players properly at regional level and give them that international exposure. But I'm excited about the future. Over the last 15 years, Warren's often picked out younger players ahead of the regions, given them more opportunities than the regions have done. Are you going to have the opportunity to maybe <laughs> accelerate that process within the regions? Yeah, that's yeah, that's kind of, as in the past, been a little bit frustrating because we've identified some talent and... And the ironic thing, we've used the international stage to, to develop them. I think things have changed. I think in the, in the past there was a lot more foreign players and experienced foreign players in the regions. The, the, the number of foreign players have have definitely come down. I think the, the salary cap and everyone having to be conscious of the amount of money spent on, on players to keep within budgets, I think it's a positive for the younger players. I think it's, it's going to mean that those younger players are, are going to get chances and opportunities there was a cycle that we went through for a, a number of years where we had some, what I thought sort of some talented players coming out of the 20s and then they would be in the regional programme and they weren't quite re- ready for regional rugby. And sometimes that that's the pressure that of performance and results and coaches feel those sorts of pressure. So you don't end up giving a youngster an opportunity. And so, you know, you, you get to, he becomes 21 and then he's 22 and 23 and he has, he's had a half a dozen, 10 or 12, 15 games. 
his agent would come and knock on the door, same as contracts up, we're looking for a little bit more money, and the unfortunate thing is say, we're not recontracting you, and they'd go to another 19 or 20 year old. We saw that cycle for a long time, where those players weren't getting the chances, and, and hopefully the position where we're in now, and, you know, we need, I think, the regions, from a positive point of view, from my point of view, is that some of those youngsters are going to get those chances at at regional rugby. Have they got talent? Yes. Are they going to make some mistakes? Do you have to go through some pain with them? Absolutely. And But I'd often see, and my, my biggest argument was that we were sometimes signing 27 or 28 year olds that had had overseas experience, maybe provincial rugby or super rugby, and who were better than those youngsters at the time. And as a result, we didn't see some of that development. But um, those are some of the things that I've spoken about in the past. And, and But I think we're in a, in a position now, like I said, with not anywhere near as many foreign players and, and our regions having to be more proactive and actually having to develop those youngsters. I think I'd like to see them come through, play regional rugby that we identify and see their talent and then and bring them through to the national side. So let's go back to Marseille and the disappointment of the players as they headed for the team bus, their hotel and eventually home after defeat to Argentina. Here's backs coach Alex King. Well, first, I'm just really proud of the guys' efforts, players, staff, everyone. Everyone has just given everything, 100% to this competition. Uh, the World Cup's just been a phenomenal tournament. Um, and having topped our pool, you re-evaluate your goals. And today was a, was a huge opportunity for us. We started the game pretty well. Um, you build the lead. Um, and fair play to Argentina, they came back into it. And we weren't quite good enough to wrestle back control and, and get the victory. But um, yeah, immensely proud of the boys. All 34 players who have been involved have been wonderful. And uh, as a coaching group, we couldn't ask for any more. And a word for all the fans who came all this way uh, and they, they, tried to help out. They've been amazing. Well, like, we've had a proper tour de France, where starting in our basin in Versailles and Paris, and then moving down to Bordeaux and Lyon and Nantes and Nice, and then ending up in Marseille. It's been it's an absolute privilege to be part of this group. The fans have been unbelievable. Like the singing, the camaraderie, the, the experiences they've lived. Hopefully, we put a bit of a smile back on on Welsh rugby after the tough Six Nations which we all experienced and I'm just you know I'm just really excited for this group going forward into January in the, in the Six Nations because we've created a bit of a brotherhood and um, we weren't quite good enough today but I'm sure these experiences will, will stand us in good stead going forward. Every outside half gets picked off of some stages you know well what do you yeah. say to no, Sam Costello and it, what do you it, say going forward? Sam's been brilliant he's going to be a really important test player for Wales uh, going forward he's a young lad um, and you know I think it was good defence from, from Argentina, but no, Sam's been absolutely amazing. Um, and this experience as a young fly half will, will be amazing going forward. It's a tough environment, we'll look after him, and he's a really popular member of the squad, and he'll work hard to be even better next time. Wing Josh Adams. Devastated, obviously. It's a group of men in there, we, we're all pretty emotional, to be honest. Um, after that, as you can imagine, we've worked incredibly hard over the past three, four months to get this point to put us in a position to progress and we come up short and you know that's the thing that hurts the most and there'll be learnings for this, harsh learnings but I will say fantastic uh, performance from Argentina, massive respect for them as a, as a nation and as a rugby side and I'd like to wish them all the best yeah, for the semi-final. Give an assessment of the last five weeks where you came from in the Six Nations yeah. and looking forward to the next Six Nations, what you build on? I, I think the growth in this side has been 
amazing, if I'm honest with you. It's, it's, it's been incredible. Um, I hope that from the outside you've been able to see it as well. I hope we've we've showed that as well. The fight, the desire, the grit, all the things that should come with wearing a Welsh jersey are shown on the pitch. And the non-negotiables of effort and, and working hard, and, and that's what we sort of pride ourselves on. That isn't enough sometimes. There's other aspects of the game you need to get right. Um, sometimes you've got to say fair play to the opposition. And Argentina were better than us tonight, and they deserve to win. What about the fans who are following you in such huge numbers? Did their very best to lift you again today? The support we've had has been overwhelming, if I'm honest. When we leave the hotels to get on the team bus, when we arrive back after matches, you know, family, friends, children, wives, supporters, it's been incredible. And for them to think it doesn't go unnoticed, it doesn't because they graft hard during the week. They spend their own money to come out here. And I know it's not cheap to get out here as a supporter as well. So thank you ever so much. I hope we've done you proud over the past six weeks and we'll try and continue to do that moving forward. How excited are you about the squad, the future going forward, the Six Nations yeah. next year? I am I'm massively excited. Two young captains in Dewey and, and Jack, and they've led us terrifically well. From the minute they were announced as, uh, as, as co-captains, they've been a huge voice for us, and I've thoroughly enjoyed playing under them both. And for them too, especially, you know, there's massive careers ahead for them. They'll no doubt be in the next four years, you know, the World Cup cycle for the next four years. And a massive bunch of them young lads in there as well. They'll be a figurehead of this Welsh team moving forward, and I'm sure they'll drive the standards up even higher. Co-captain, Darry Lake. You know, a lot of, we're not going to get out the group, and... You know, you get to a quarter-final and your favourites and, and people are disappointed with going home. I think if you have spoken to a lot of people at the start, they probably would have taken a quarter-final appearance. But, you know, we showed the confidence that we have within the group and for us to be disappointed to be going home shows that the hard work that we've put in and, and the graft over the past four months. But, yeah, emotions are a bit uh, a bit up and down at the minute. It's, it's obviously tough to take. Take nothing away from Argentina. They played unbelievably well. Scored points at pivotal moments of the game and... Our discipline at key moments maybe let us down and allowed them to get a foothold back into the game. And a team that runs on emotion, such as Argentina, as soon as they get you know a sniff of anything, they're going to come alight and come back into the game. But yeah, bitterly disappointed to be leaving. But you know, in terms of what this group has given uh, over the past four months, can ask for no more. And you know, it's games like this that you learn from. In the end, it's the tough losses that that make you better as a group and you know we will learn from it and, and we'll come back stronger. It's going to be very strange not to see Dan Bigger in a Wales jersey in the future. Uh, just a word on him, his contribution and uh, any words that he sort of spoke at the end of the, of the game there. Yeah, of course, it's, you know, anytime you lose a figure like that, it's, it's a tough loss. But, you know, Biggs has given his time to Welsh rugby. He's a centurion, he's a Lions tourer, he's a, a leader. He's been unbelievable in a Wales jersey and a Lions jersey. And what he's given to Welsh rugby, the sacrifices, you know, he takes hits like no 10 I've seen in, in world rugby. And I think a lot of people can agree with that. You know, in terms of his leadership and speaking after the game, I think, you know, we'll miss him. And I think he'll miss us as well. Test level rugby, you kind of, you don't get the, the feeling of it anywhere else. But he's been an unbelievable ambassador for Welsh rugby. And uh, uh, I think he's inspired a lot of people old and young and you know he deserves his his break now from from taking hits and and from putting his body on the line um 
but yeah, we'll miss him, definitely. There's a group of young players who are going to take Wales forward. You're central to that. I mean, what's the approach of you guys? Yeah, like I said, we'll learn a lot from this. I think a lot of boys are at their first World Cup. You don't learn much from winning constantly. Yeah, you become a team that you know are full of confidence and don't think you can lose, but... You know, learning comes from losing games and, and seeing why, where you can get better and, and seeing maybe what went wrong. And in terms of building character, these are the, these are the type of games that do that. You know, a loss in a quarter-final, tears running down your face, that's a feeling you never want to feel again. And now build a lot of character in this group and, you know, we'll kick on from you. listening to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. So that was the Rugby World Cup in France. Next up, the WXV top flight for Wales in New Zealand. Wales starting their campaign against Canada. Here's Captain Hannah Jones on what's changed since the World Cup there last year. Definitely seen an improvement in our fitness. Um, I think you could see that in the 80 minutes against USA. We keep on top. Uh, the tempo was the focus going into the game and, you know, our pack did outstanding, so really excited. And on a personal level as the captain, how have you seen your role grow in the last year? Yeah, probably looking back from when I came in as a 15-year-old, I had the likes of Rachel Taylor captain me, Karis Phillips, Sean Lily Crap. so I've learned a lot of those leaders, but I'm very lucky to have a good leadership team with me within the squad. You know, the girls who run the lineups, the scrums, defence attack. I'm really lucky to have them behind me and as a whole then we come together as a leadership group. Is it going to be tough to sort of go in at that level? You've had this warm game against the USA of course but these are really tough games all three of them. Yeah definitely we've got Canada first up and you know we've played them previously we know they're going to be a physical side and I think the way we're preparing now is, is definitely we're going to have a good run up there. Bethan Lewis has a new role in the back row and takes over as vice captain. I don't think my role changes really. Obviously it's Good to have someone in the in the pack to support Hannah on the field, especially just with communication with the ref. It's difficult for her to come in and out, but I don't think my role changes massively. Just play my game, and I don't think necessarily I'm a vocal leader. I'd like to think that I lead by example more than anything. But yeah, there's also a lot of leaders in the pack. It's not necessarily maybe I'm the one communicating with the ref, but there's communication within us as a group. Different leaders doing different roles, but that would be my role in it. In that, you played a lot of your career at flanker, but started at number eight. Like that challenge, and is it a role that you can see yourself playing more in going forward? Yeah, it's definitely a good challenge. I'm developing my skill set there, which is good. Probably still learning in that position, but I'm really enjoying the challenge, and it's it's good to have people around to help um, the development there. What's the biggest difference that you find playing the two different roles? Probably. You're a bit more involved in, I say, starter plays maybe from the base of the scrum. Obviously a bit of a different role defensively again off the scrum. Probably not going to be necessarily involved in the first contact, but how can I affect the next phase after that? How nice was it to have Alicia Butcher's back last week to play alongside? Yeah, it's great. We grew up playing together in Carmarthen and Quinns, so it's always good to be able to pull on the Welsh jersey alongside her. Well, we played when we were probably 15, even younger than 15, actually, at Carmarthen Quinns. We played Scarlets together. Obviously, we play our club rugby and different teams, but it's, it's quite nice to go against each other sometimes. But I really enjoy playing with her, yeah. What's your targets and expectations for the competition? 
yeah, it's great for us, first of all, to be involved um, in the top tier. Uh, we want to be the best team in the world and we're only going to be able to do that if we're playing against the best teams in the world. And this tournament is going to allow, allow us to do that. But as long as we're developing within our group and every game we're improving, I think we'll, we'll be happy with that. You growing up might have wanted to be Sean Ed Harris one day, mightn't you? Yeah, 100%. People like Sean Ed Harris, uh, Rachel Taylor, those are the players I was looking up to um, coming through the age grade. So to still have that knowledge within the squad is awesome. And I'm looking up to people like that and then obviously challenging each other for positions, which is amazing. And that's what we want as a squad. We want those competitions. But yeah, so those are the people we looked up to growing up. And it's nice to be able to compete with them now. Well, Prop Donna Rose is back after a long-term injury. Couldn't describe it, really. It's been a long slog getting back at it. And, uh, yeah, it was just it was amazing. It was a long rehabilitation process for you. How do you keep yourself mentally positive, I guess, through those? Because there'd be some dark days when after an injury like that. Being in a team environment, obviously, I was rehabbing away from Wales. But I'm still in contact with the girls and the, the the other girls that were rehabbing. That was nice. You know, we had each other's backs. And having my teammates around me, it was what really got me through. I mean, there was dark days, yes. But then the next day was completely different. So I set myself little goals. So when I was hitting them, it was it was a great feeling. I didn't just... The whole goal wasn't just to, you know, come back playing. The little goals within the rehab kept me going as well and the carrot at the end of that was the WXV I guess yeah uh, the final goal was to make the USA squad to get a bit of game time before I go and then you know it was the WXV was the icing on the cake basically yeah I'm over the moon you play with some of the world's best at Saracens what do they think about what's happening in Wales they think it's great for the game they think it's a long time coming now that we all got pushed and had contracts and, you know, proved that we're the top six in the world. So, yeah, they're pleased for us. A bit more about the specifics of your injury, if, if that's OK. What, what exactly was it and, and, um, and when, when was it exactly? Um, I came back from the World Cup and it was um, one of the first training sessions back with Saracens. Uh, I just snapped my ACL and um, tore my meniscus. So it was a... I did a big job on it, but... <laughs> It's, it's all right, it's, it's better now. So, so of, of all the injuries then, it was a pretty, pretty <laughs> terrible one? Yeah, I've never really had injuries, but so if I was going to have one, it was going to be a big one. So, And if you're going to have one, when Welsh women's rugby is at the stage it is, where mm. you've got contracts and you looked after and you've got your rehab, it's a decent time to do it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful that I'm in the situation that I am, because obviously I'm a carpenter, so... If I did that and we weren't professional, I, I would have been out of work for a long time. So I'm absolutely grateful for the position I'm in. So there's plenty of international rugby still to look forward to. Lots more for the World Rugby Union podcast reporting. But until then, goodbye.